Hello, maiden, welcome to the terrifying and spine-chilling Halloween Horror Stories. At this spooky time of the year, I love to compile some of my podcast guests' accounts of when shit went wrong and what happened after. Because I think it needs to be said that your wedding day, anyone's wedding day, any day of the frickin' year, is not a magic cure-all for things going wrong. And in fact, with so many moving pieces, the pressure of your timeline, relying on your friends and family to do the right thing and arrive at the right venues at the right time, plus trusting your vendors to do what they say they're going to do the way that you want them to do it, a wedding day is ripe for things to not go to plan. Believe it or not, though, I don't share these stories to freak you out or to add stress, but rather to show you that even when bad things happen, there's always a lighter side, a solution or something that can be done as long as you have the right people around you. As I mentioned in last year's Halloween episode, I don't like to create a spectacle out of tragedy, so there'll be no stories about ODing brides, for example. And I like to try and share tales that have some sort of moral or learning that you can take away with you. And Bridley's motto and core mission is, repeat it after me, weddings are a team sport. And these accounts, my friend, are a great example of exactly how that plays out on a wedding day. And so I would like to introduce Hannah, a planner from Hannah Rose Weddings in the UK, who shares her experience with wild weather worries. Luke from Luke John Photography in Australia explains the value of carrying manicure scissors on your wedding day and a tip for wedding ring care as well. Nina from the North Carolina beauty team Wedded Kiss in the States recounts a story that confirms why experienced vendors are worth their weight in gold. Amy from Wedshed in Australia has a couple of situations that were shared in their Facebook group about a family fracas and also why the size of your wedding is definitely not the most important thing. And to top it all off, the cherry on the disaster cake, so to speak, we have the incredible Dana and Courtney from the Bradford, North Carolina, C&D Events, Anthem House and Hustle and Gather, who share their huge and some would say explosive learnings about why wedding venues have the rules and regulations they do and why they like to keep their vendor list tight and trustworthy. And if you have a wedding horror story you'd like to share with the Unbridly podcast listeners in next year's Halloween Wedding Horror Stories episode, you can email me at hello at unbridly.com or DM me on Instagram at unbridly, and that's U-N-B-R-I-D-E-L-Y. Let's get stuck into it. This is probably the worst point of my career ever. I had a team at a wedding in Northamptonshire. It was a beautiful, you know, stately kind of lawn set up and I was down at a hotel in London so I had my team on site because on paper that should have been the easiest wedding right so they had teepees and in England I don't know if you've heard about this but there was probably it's probably been the worst July on record it's got to be a record um, and we had the worst winds ever so the coordinator that I had on that day came into the venue at 10 a.m 
And there was some bits, you know, I'd done the setup on the Thursday, Friday, the TVP company had been in, but them all up, they looked lovely. The Friday, the couple come in and we decorated it all. The mum spent hours making flower hoops and stuff in the, you know, and it looked lovely. The winds came along. Um, the TV company kind of half warned the couple that, you know, there is winds, uh, you know, and we were just doing a, an on-the-day coordination. So we'd kind of said to them, yeah, well, you know, we've seen teepees and winds, you know, it's never been a massive issue before, but, you know, obviously taking advice from a teepee company, but they didn't really, they didn't really seem too concerned. I think on the day, they're a lot worse than we thought they'd be. So the coordinator went in at 10am and there was some bits that had started to come off of the teepee. By the time the teepee company got there, so when they exited their ceremony at one o'clock, the teepee was basically flying in the air. Uh, you know, all the canvas was flapping up. When my coordinator rang me and said, Hannah, this is a disaster, I'm thinking, is she over-exaggerating? And then she sent me the video. I've never seen anything like it. The problem is, is obviously we were at a venue where there was only 70 for the day, which could fit inside like the stately building, but they had another 150 people come in the evening reception. It was mental because they walked out of the ceremony and straight away they're like, what's happening? And thankfully, my coordinator is incredible because they only hire incredible people. And she just kept them calm, gave them a drink. and was like, it's fine. We're starting it. We're on it. Enjoy your day. And they did. And they let it be with us. So in the end, I suppose the moral of the story is never hire a TP or structure company that is not local. I will, that is not, like, that's my big learning from this. I would never now use a structure company that isn't local. And I actually advised a couple of this just yesterday. Use someone local that can get there within like 10, 15, 20 minutes. You take weather forecasts seriously. Maybe we don't do that enough in the UK because we're so used to it being wrong. And also, you know, just have a coordinator because if it wasn't for having a coordinator there like what would they have done the outcome of the of the story is they had another building we could use but it was literally derelict there was you know it, there was all old furniture in there so i'm on the phone to my other half the coordinator's on the phone to our other half we had a local tp, TP company who we use a lot everybody just came down got stuck in got all the furniture moved out we basically just made it look nice had the bar in one area the dance were on another area, so the guests could spread out. And the couple had the best day of their lives. They absolutely loved it. They said it was brilliant. But they didn't have to get involved because we just we just sorted it. I was sorting it from London. I was on the phone to loads of people. Um, my coordinator was on the phone to loads of people getting it sorted. So, yeah, it was pretty nuts. This one is from uh, a recent wedding where well, I was getting ready for the ceremony. Guests are mingling and... I spotted that this particular gentleman in the crowd, he hadn't uh, undone the back of his jacket yet. It was still sewn up. So I said, G'day, mate. Uh, just letting you know your jacket's still done up. You'll just have to split that apart there. And he goes, oh, okay. And the guy next to him goes, here, I'll help. Grabs his whole jacket, rips it as hard as he can, and all the way up the seam, basically to his shoulder blades, apart comes the jacket. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the guy whose jacket it was is basically like, did you get it? And Everyone else is looking on going, do we laugh? We're in shock. Do we show our faces to it? And some of them are going, yep, yeah, he got it. Shit. Like... <laughs> anyway, he's like, he's ripped it, hasn't he? You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a good moral there. So, you know, for people who are wearing suits, they've got the little vents there and they're just tacked together with two little pieces of cotton. Yeah. And it's to keep it looking nice when it's in the store and to, you know, not have those vents open up. 
But when you put them on in the morning, what are you meant to do, Luke? You've got to split it open. You've got to cut it off just gently. But but we don't pull it we, anymore, Luke. Sometimes when you're at the ceremony and you've got no scissors on you, you might just have to do a bit of a break, but don't, you know, we're not at the gym. We're not, we're not forcing that too hard. Mum's probably got a sewing kit in the in, in Yeah, the, just use a little manicure hand. scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's funny because if I think about the number of times I've gone up to the groomsmen and gone, you haven't split, you know, your suit fence yet, and they're like, what? And I said, don't worry, turn around. And I do that. Yeah. Like I rip real hard. Yeah. And I won't anymore. Thank you. I was like, oh, yeah, I've done this for quite a few people and yes. I didn't realise how close to disaster I've been on so many occasions. <laughs> Who knew? Okay, but we've passed that on now. That's good. That's good. Did you want to tell the one about the wedding ring? At the end of the night, it must have been midnight, 12.30. We've done the sparkler exit. Bride and groom are, are literally about to get in their uh, car and leave the reception. And I hear the music go down and the MC gets on the microphone and he says, uh, everybody, uh, the groom has lost his ring. Could you all please have a look around? And we're like... First of all, how has he lost it? Second of all, how long ago did he lose it and where could it possibly be? How long has it been kicking around the floor? Is it even at the reception? Could it be out in the garden somewhere? This thing could be anywhere. But not 30 seconds later, the MC comes over. Oh, no, he found it. Don't worry, everyone. Cancel that. And the bride goes marching past me and I'm kind of like, oh, where did he find it? And she rolls her eyes, says, in his pocket. (laughs) Don't even talk to me about it. I don't even want to (laughs) know. (laughs) Which obviously raises many questions. When did it come off? Why did it come off? Why didn't it go back on? Why did it go into the pocket? And why don't you remember putting it there? So many questions. There's a lot going on in that one. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, it's a tip, isn't it, for the newlyweds? Oh, look, you know, it's a minor tip. When the ring goes on, you leave it there. This is a horror story that has a moral I had a client, she was getting ready at the beach. We were doing her hair and makeup in a hotel. Beautiful ocean view. I'm doing her makeup. Photographer comes in. I could tell the photographer was maybe a newer photographer um, because the energy was a little off and not as professional as I'm used to. And the photographer came in and said, hey, can I have the rings? And the bride said, oh yeah, here they are. Photographer goes out onto the balcony with the rings. And all of a sudden I hear the photographer go, oh shit. And comes running in and says, there's nothing to worry about, but I have dropped your husband, your fiance's ring down the balcony onto the beach. And unfortunately, everyone that I had just done, all of their makeup, the bride is in the chair getting her makeup done. And she starts to cry. And I don't know what to do, but they all now in the rain, these bridesmaids rush down to the beach to search in the sand for this wedding ring. Bride is crying in my chair. I'm trying to console her. I'm saying it's going to be okay. They're going to find it. And if not, we will find an alternative ring. You're getting married today regardless. So let's Take a breath. Let your friends do this. Meanwhile, they're all getting soaked, and I know I have to redo all of their hair and makeup. They're down there, and just as a wave goes to wash the ring away, 
a bridesmaid grabs it in her hand and finds the wedding band. Moral of the story. Make sure that your photographer, A, doesn't take photos in a slatted, is that the word? Balcony. And um, make sure it's somebody that has done a wedding or two before. And how late were you for the wedding then? I mean, they were not late. I had to essentially like redo everyone's hair and makeup. But at that point, I was like, just do it. Like, help them out. This is a horrific moment. And I saw the wedding photos. It wasn't great. One I saw yesterday where a bride's sister and her future sister-in-law had been having some beef for a while now, which kind of felt sort of weird to us. And the bride had been lecturing her sister just to suck it up ahead of the day. But things came to a head, she said, last week when her sister was egging on the sister-in-law and just pushing and pushing and pushing. And the sister-in-law started fighting her sister. The bride had to step in, got slapped in the face and scratched down her face two weeks ahead of her wedding. Um, And then the future mother-in-law also got involved and started pushing the sister as well. So there's a little bit of bad blood there. And her her sort of, uh, I guess her vibe was, do I even get married because I don't want to have a family brawl at all out Jerry Springer moment at my wedding? And uh, I think the lesson there, look, I the lesson there is you can't pick your family. <laughs> so just surround yourself with some great mates, try and um, perhaps make sure that someone can be on on, on a, like, yeah, fight watch. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not even sure. I felt so sorry for her. What a, what a position to be in, right? I had, I had a more heartwarming one that I saw as well that I could share that's, like, a little bit nicer. There was a bride in our group that she said that a week after getting engaged, she ended up in the ICU with a life-threatening infection and was told that she was hours away from game over and so her fiance thought that he was going to lose her just after made this promise to commit forever and so she slowly recovered and had planned this really fun wedding for 130 of the nearest and dearest however again just before they got married her health deteriorated they ended up getting married with a total of 15 people the beautiful thing though she said was that she just she wishes that she had only planned it that way from the beginning because it ended up being this super heartfelt so intimate ceremony um and i think for her 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 sort of takeaway from it was that you know if you can sort of sense that it's going to be a struggle or there's complications that are bigger than you or there just is a dumpster fire happening when it comes to your your relationships and friends and family in your life really take fires focus on that self-care and just remember to try and put some perspective over the whole thing and what your actual wedding is all about, which is the fact that it's you and your partner, you're committing to something that you've already built together and you're taking it forward into the rest of your life. And whether your wedding's with 15 people or the 130, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. But we have a closed catering list, right? pick a certain caterer from the list. And the reason that that is, is because we made an exception one time and it was a box truck came on the property with the food. 
And the guy gets out of the front seat and says, nobody panic. There's smoke billowing out the back of the box truck. He just said, don't panic. Don't panic. And then the whole thing blew up. You hear this horn going. It's right after the ceremony. We're trying to transition into like cocktail hour and get set for the reception. It blows again. The fire department's called. Like our venue manager's freaking out. I'm freaking out. We're like literally an eighth of a mile from the fire department. And we're waiting like 15 minutes from the guitar. Like I could walk to the fire department and back. Like, where are they? They were actually on another call. It was a disaster. I mean, it was literally like shell of a truck. Like the whole front was burned up. There was food all over the front. I'm going to send you a picture and you can put it in yeah, your show Yeah, you can put it for the show notes. Because it's insane. It was. Dana and I sent the venue manager home because she was like... She couldn't get it together. Couldn't get it together, yeah. right? The planner is just sitting and crying on the front step. It was insane. It was like, literally insane. We were like scooping up stuff, trying to get a tow truck Because there. we had a wedding the next day. Three tow trucks came and they're like, this is so far gone, we can't tow it. So we're trying to figure out how to get it off the property. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. So then we finally get we finally get someone to come and get it, and they put it on a flatbed. They're driving it down the road, and it catches on fire again. again. It catches on fire again, and the like, tow truck oh guy's God. like putting out the fire. The fireman's called again, like right down the road, putting out the fire on the impound lot. We're like, this is never going to end. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yes, we we're like, and this is why you have to choose yes. a caterer from the list. So what had happened? They had a, they, had a, they um, were making a non. So you had a tandoori oven it, on. It was like a wood-fired oven that was just on. And, well, the reason why is because he was running late. He okay. was running. He was like an hour and a half late. And so he was trying to get, he knew like he literally was going to roll up and pull the food out and serve it. And so he knew that he didn't have time to cook the non. So he left it cooking in the tandoori oven okay. as he was driving uh, while there were like canisters of gas in the truck. And it caught fire on the highway. So we live like about a mile from the highway. Maybe. And there were people that were telling us yeah. that this truck was on fire coming down the right. highway. So he's getting like people like waving and honking their horn. And he's just like, it's fine. It's fine. And I think he knew it was on fire. When he pulled in. And I'm like, why would you pull on the property, buddy? He pulled up close to the house. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you just why? like pull in like farther away? You could have blown out the windows, the explosion or whatever. But or no. like just stay on the side of the or highway. They died. He was like literally less than a minute from like blowing up mm-hmm. in the truck himself. Like, it was so insane. It was absolutely insane. It was crazy. Yeah. That must have been terrifying, terrifying in the moment. But what a massive lesson. Like, that's huge. And for sharing that with engaged couples, you know, it's just another red flag for them to go, please choose reputable vendors. Mm-hmm. You know, please choose people who know what they're doing. Choose people with insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things. Well, also, I think, too, there's a reason. Like, and I, I didn't really know this till I owned a venue. I felt like venues just were a little dogmatic and like, why do they have these rules? And I think there's a reason behind every rule. You know, like, maybe they have a rule for a reason. Give them the benefit of the doubt. 